Israel's collective punishment of Gaza must end. I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! with Dennis Moynihan in our weekly Breaking the Sound Barrier podcast. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres addressed the UN Security Council on Tuesday, saying, To ease epic suffering, make the delivery of aid easier and safer, and facilitate the release of hostages, I reiterate my appeal for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire. Guterres went on to criticize Israel's siege and bombardment of Gaza in retaliation for the October 7th attack by Hamas, which killed over 1,300 Israelis. It is important to also recognize the attacks by Hamas did not happen in a vacuum. The Palestinian people have been subjected to 56 years of suffocating occupation. They have seen their land steadily devoured by settlements and plagued by violence, their economy stifled, their people displaced, and their homes demolished. Their hopes for a political solution to their plight have been vanishing. But the grievances of the Palestinian people cannot justify the appalling attacks by Hamas, and those appalling attacks cannot justify the collective punishment of the Palestinian people. Israel's U.N. ambassador demanded Guterres's resignation, adding, we will refuse to issue visas to U.N. representatives to teach them a lesson, he said. The U.S. presented a Security Council resolution for a humanitarian pause in Gaza, which Russia and China vetoed, saying it did not go far enough. Russia countered with a full ceasefire resolution that the U.S. and U.K. vetoed. Meanwhile, the death toll in Gaza continues to climb, with at least 7,000 Palestinians killed since October 7th, including nearly 3,000 children, according to Gaza's health ministry. The Israeli military and armed settlers have also killed more than 100 Palestinians in the occupied West Bank since October 7th, adding to the record number of Palestinians killed in the West Bank this year. Israel has held the Gaza Strip under a devastating blockade since 2006, trapping its 2.4 million residents in what's arguably the world's largest open-air prison. Israel limits the delivery of food, fuel, water and medicine, and imposes apartheid controls on who can enter and leave. The current complete shutoff of life-sustaining supplies that Israel imposed on October 7th, compounded by the relentless airstrikes, has created what Philippe Lazzarini, Commissioner General of UNRWA, the United Nations Palestinian Relief Agency, describes as hell on earth. He writes, entire neighborhoods are being flattened over the heads of civilians, unquote. Among those killed were the wife, daughter and son of Al Jazeera Arabic's Gaza bureau chief, Wael al-Dadu, called by many the voice of Gaza. They were killed in the south of Gaza in an Israeli airstrike. Wael, like many of us, like thousands of Palestinians who got the order to evacuate from the north and from Gaza City to the south, heeded that order and moved his family to the south, to Nusayrat refugee camp. Al Jazeera correspondent Yumna El-Sayed said on the Democracy Now! News Hour the day after the airstrike. When we say there's no safe place in Gaza, we're not lying. We're not being biased. We're not exaggerating. The north, Gaza City, and the south, they're all just the same.
in terms of bombardment, in terms of targeting, and in all the life conditions. It doesn't mean that they're asking people to go to the south because there is a better life condition in the south. There is water in the south. Or, for example, there is electricity. Or there is drinking water that you can buy. Or you can find bread easily. I just want to ask one question. Why did they ask us to go to the south? Oxfam's Middle East Regional Director, Sally Abihalil, said in a statement, the situation is nothing short of horrific. Where is humanity? Millions of civilians are being collectively punished in full view of the world. There can be no justification for using starvation as a weapon of war, she said. Gaza's healthcare infrastructure is on the brink of collapse. Dr. Hassam Abu Safiya, the head of pediatrics at Kamal Adwan Hospital in northern Gaza, told Al Jazeera, quote, We're overwhelmed with dozens of wounded, dying, and dead children coming in. The pace of strikes is escalating, and our supplies are near depletion. When the fuel runs out tomorrow, this hospital will rapidly become a mass grave, unquote. Dr. Mohammed Abu Salmiya, the director of Al-Shifa Hospital, Gaza's largest hospital, likened expected deaths of patients dependent on electricity for respirators or dialysis machines to, quote, premeditated murder, unquote. On Wednesday, in a White House Rose Garden speech, President Joe Biden questioned the reported numbers of Palestinians killed in Gaza. I have no notion that Palestinians are telling the truth about how many people are killed. I'm sure innocents have been killed, and it's the price of waging a war. Last February, months before the October 7th Hamas attack, Haaretz, one of Israel's most influential newspapers, published an editorial referring to the collective punishment that followed sporadic attacks on Israeli citizens by Palestinians. They wrote, Laws that permit Israel to violate international law and the laws of occupation will not only fail to thwart terrorism, but will drag Israel to the defendant's dock of the international community." Unquote. Israel's collective punishment of Palestinians is nothing new. But this latest siege of Gaza, described by Israeli Holocaust historian Raz Siegel as a textbook case of genocide, must stop now. I'm Amy Goodman with Dennis Moynihan.